Welcome to Love's Last Call with Evangelist Carol Ann of Agape Light Ministries. Please open your hearts to hear an anointed message that will encourage and empower you to walk in the love and light of God's Word. Beloved, we are in our current podcast series, Hell's Reality, The Truth You Need to Know. Some people might say they would rather hear about God's love. But quite frankly, the truth of hell's reality and the understanding that it is the place where sin's punishment will be lived out for all eternity is perhaps one of, if not the greatest indicator that holds within it the stunning revelation of just how great God's love is. For while Romans 6.23 makes certain that the wages of sin is death, John 3.16 gives the glorious antidote. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, so that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have eternal life. God is holy, and therefore he cannot tolerate sin. Its darkened and poisonous fruits are in complete opposition to the fruits of his Spirit and all the divine benevolence that emanates from his heart of holiness, love, mercy, and grace. Like a cord of death, the root of sin that was found in Lucifer and which precipitated his fall from heaven, intertwined itself within the DNA of every man and woman born from the corrupted seed of our first parents and by virtue of the spiritual death that mankind inherited the standard for their eternal destination of either heaven or hell was established. For man would be given a choice to accept God's gift of amazing grace and the divine exchange of our spiritual death for the eternal resurrection life of Jesus, or to remain in one stubborn refusal of that most benevolent blood atonement endowment of God's love and mercy and remain dead in their trespasses. And yet in a world that mirrors the days of Noah, which Jesus said would indicate his soon return, mankind, at least in the general sense, has once again reached the epitome of his fallen nature and its wicked inclinations, while at the same time possessing the prideful mindset that he is fine just the way he is. In fact, in the realm of the worldly elite, This company of people believes they have reached the enlightenment of their own nirvana and therefore do not need God or his sacrificial gift of love because they themselves are gods. But it really does not matter what man thinks or feels or how they choose to live out their own lives because the God of all creation, the one true and only God, still reigns supreme and his word is forever settled in heaven. By his word, he has already made certain the criteria of how sin entered the world, God's remedy for that deadly dilemma, and the choice that is put before every man and woman, eternal life with a loving Savior in heaven, or forever punishment in the fires of hell with Lucifer, a murderer and the father of lies. And to help in making an informed decision regarding the reality of hell, I'd like to borrow some very insightful information 
offered in a commentary written by Dr. Eddie Hyatt of Hyatt International Ministries. While doing my own research, I came across his writing on the matter and found it to be very helpful. He writes, I recently received an email from a person in another state asking my thoughts on hell. She went on to explain that many of her Christian friends have dispensed with the idea of it and have chided her for being stuck in religion and for believing in such an old-fashioned doctrine. Indeed, many evangelicals are giving up the doctrine of hell as a place of eternal punishment, arguing that such a belief is not consistent with a God whose chief characteristic is unconditional love. One of the most popular Pentecostal charismatic preachers in America, Carlton Pearson, has publicly renounced this belief in hell and now preaches that everyone will go to heaven, an old heresy known as universalism. Rob Bell is another who preaches this deadly lie. In this essay, I will argue to the contrary, that eternal punishment is a necessary expression of God's love, that it is biblical, that it is reasonable and just, and that the Holy Spirit has confirmed this doctrine by his word throughout the history of the church. Jesus talked about hell and warned his hearers to make every effort to avoid it. Paul and other biblical writers also warned their readers of the reality of hell as a place of punishment. In the King James Version, there are two Greek words that are both translated as hell, Hades and Gehenna. Hades is used as the location of the departed spirits of the dead, while Gehenna is used as the final condemnation and punishment of the unrepentant who persisted in their rebellion against God. Hades is the place of the departed spirits of those who have died, corresponds to the word Sheol in the Old Testament. It is the word that is used by Jesus in Luke 16, 19-31, in the story of the rich man and Lazarus. This narrative is probably not a mere parable, but an actual account, since personal names are attached to the different individuals. One thing the story teaches is that both the rich man and Lazarus were conscious in the afterlife, one in paradise and the other in torment in Hades. Hades is also the word used in Matthew 16, 18, where Jesus said he would build his church and the gates of Hades, or hell, would not prevail against it. In Revelation 20:14, at the end of the millennium, death and Hades are thrown into the lake of fire, or Gehenna, as the Greek word is rendered. In the New Testament, Gehenna is used metaphorically of the place of condemnation or punishment in the next life. It is the word used by Jesus in Matthew 5.30, where to emphasize the horror of final condemnation, he exhorts his hearers that if their right hand causes them to stumble or sin, to cut it off, since it would be better to have only one hand in this life than to have two hands and be thrown into Gehenna. In other words, he is indicating by analogy just how serious sin is and its consequences are. The word Gehenna is also used by Jesus in Matthew 10:28, where he exhorts his listeners to not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul, but to fear him who has the authority to cast both soul and body into Gehenna. Bauer's Greek-English lexicon 
The lexicon of choice by students of New Testament Greek defines Gehenna as the place of punishment in the next life. Some have questioned whether this punishment is eternal by arguing that the Greek word ionios, translated eternal and everlasting, actually refers to a long but finite period of time. While it is true that the noun ion is sometimes translated as age in reference to a period of long duration, the adjective ionios almost always refers to that which is eternal or without end. This is borne out by the fact that it is also used throughout the New Testament to describe the gift of eternal or ionios life to those who believe in Christ. In Romans 16:26, Paul uses it in referring to God himself as the everlasting or ionios God. The same word is used throughout the New Testament to describe the state of the wicked, for instance, eternal punishment. It is thus used in Matthew 25:46, where Jesus tells of the final judgment, where a separation is made of the wicked to his left hand and the righteous to his right. Referring to the final state of both groups, Jesus says, and these, the wicked, will go away into eternal or ionios punishment, but the righteous into eternal or ionios life. If Ionios means everlasting in regards to the life that comes from God, then it must carry the same meaning when used of the punishment of the wicked, for they are obvious parallel expressions. Paul uses the same adjective, Ionios, in 2 Thessalonians 1.9, where he describes the dire state of the wicked when Christ returns as, in flaming fire, taking vengeance on those who do not know God, and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. These will be punished with everlasting or ionious destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. In our finite thinking, we cannot imagine the magnitude of sin, especially in this day of rampant lawlessness. Sin is not just a finite injustice against a fellow human being. It is an infinite sin against our boundless creator. He placed our first parents, Adam and Eve, in a wonderful paradise. They rebelled against him and his righteous commands and went their own way. And all their sin-corrupted descendants have followed in their path of rebellion against God because it is built within their fallen DNA. As Paul says in Romans 3, 10 to 18, there is none righteous, no, not one. They have all turned aside. They have together become unprofitable. There is no fear of God before their eyes. A person may put on a superficial goodness and even be sincere in their efforts. But the fact remains that in the deadened spirit of every unredeemed man and woman, there is held the potential for wickedness. For man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. And this is where we'll have to pause for today, beloved. In our next podcast, we'll continue to expound on these eternal life matters. For truly, every man and woman's forever life or death destiny is at stake. Blessed is the one who believes the truth and runs into his arms of love and the eternal security that he alone can give. And until next time, I bid you his agape.
You've been listening to Love's Last Call with Evangelist Carol Ann of Agape Light Ministries. If you'd like to receive a CD copy of this message or you have a prayer request, please contact us at Agape Light Ministries, P.O. Box 6313, Chesterfield, Missouri, 63006, or via our website at www.agapelightministries.com. Again, that's www.agapelightministries.com.